welcoming to the Keon Sports Podcast. Tonight, a very special episode with Terry Runnels. You remember her from WCW as Alexandra York and the WWF as Marlena. Sit back, put your feet up, and grab something cold to drink. Up next, Terry Runnels. Welcome in to the Player Spotlight Series here with Keon Sports. Tonight, perhaps one of the most influential managers of her time, Terry Runnels. You remember her as Marlena, wife of Goldust, real-life wife of Dustin Rhodes at the time. She's had a very special journey in the world of professional wrestling, and we couldn't be happier to have her on the show today. If you would like to contact the show, email me, Vince McKee, at coachvin14 at yahoo.com. Without any further ado... Here she is, Terry Runnels. All right, on the hotline with us now is Terry Runnels. You guys definitely remember her as Alexandra York from WCW. And then her most uh, famous role clearly was Marlena, the on screen uh, character uh, partner of Goldust and clearly real life wife of uh, Dustin Rhodes, part of the famous Rhodes family. Terry, welcome to the show, and thank you for coming on the show. Thank you, Vince. I appreciate it. And, um, yeah, I didn't um, – what, you, you, what was the first thing you said? Something about, like – I don't know. It sounded very complimentary. So whatever you just said, like, thank you, dude. I appreciate it. <laughs> no, definitely. Thank you very much. Hey, it makes a girl feel good. Yeah, as well it should. Now, fresh out of high school, you take a job – yeah. Just a little bit, just a little bit. Now you take you take a makeup artist job at CNN in 1988, from what I understand, and you were doing this for a little bit for you know Larry King and some of the wrestlers as well. When Tony Schiavone, you know, came up to you, and you guys decided on this on this uh, York Foundation gimmick along with Ole Anderson, how much convincing did it take you to become an on-screen character in in the crazy world that we know of professional wrestling? Well, I'm going to have to correct you on a, on a few things. So, Please do. Um, I left, I graduated when I was 17 years old from high school. Okay. And, I mean, the diploma didn't touch me in the ass before I was out of my teeny tiny little town. And I had moved to Atlanta, Georgia, and I started college at a fashion college called Botter Fashion College. And that was in 1984, not 88. So um, when I, basically, I ended up going... See, I started uh, CNN when I was 19, I think, Mm -hmm. um, doing makeup. And that was back when CNN was called Chicken Noodle News. Um, and you know, everyone like made fun of it. Like how, you know, who wants to watch news 24 hours a day? That'll never work. And you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, CNN certainly changed over the years, but back then there was, it, it was apolitical. It was just whatever the news was, it was being reported. Right. And, um, 
what an electric place to work for, by the way. I mean, live news. I, I anyone who's never been in live TV, like wrestling is live, and um, you know the, the news like that. It's so infectious and so amazing, and I highly recommend it. Um, but I, at a certain point, I've, you know, I've been makeup artist now for a while. I've, they've transferred me up to Washington D.C. to do Larry King's makeup. Um, now I come back down to Atlanta, and um, that's when. Shivani, which I love the man with all my heart and part of my liver, um, said, hey, you know, I'm going to take you to lunch today. And said, okay, great. Awesome. And um, so that's when he proceeds to kind of lay out what they have discussed and what they want me to do. And um, so, I mean, the first question I asked was, what kind of money are you talking about? <laughs> So we, we found something that I was comfortable with and they were comfortable with. And so for a while I was doing, God, this is horrible. I would wake up at between two and three 30 in the morning. I'm sorry, two and two 30 and three in the morning. I had to be at CNN at 4am I had a 30 minute drive to get there. So I would be awake between two 30 and three AM work my shift, get off at noon and drive or fly wherever we had TVs. So there were times, Vince, when I would get back to my apartment and literally not have time to shower. Um, or I, actually, that would be the only thing I had time to do. Like, I wouldn't have time to lay down. It would just be shower and get back to CNN. Like, it was crazy, wow. crazy. Yeah. And then um, I was in, I, th I know we were in Alabama. I do not remember exactly which town. I think it was Mo Montgomery. And all I remember is standing at Gorilla before we went out, um, Terry Taylor and, and I forget who, if it was um, Ricky and Tommy at that point. But anyway, I know it was um, Terry with me at least. But I remember hearing someone say, watch her. I don't think she's going to make it. And like as I'm walking to the ring, those words are like resonating in my noggin. And I get to the ring, and literally, I'm holding on to the um, to the ring post. I'm not in character. I am like literally like a zombie. And when it was time to go back, you know, when the match was done, which I had zero involvement in, um, I lost sight in one of my eyes. So they rushed me to the hospital, and um, they did all these tests and. Every time they would try to do the MRI, I would be snoring so loudly. They, it, it would, it was vibrating. You know, the, it, they couldn't do the MRI. They kept coming and saying, you know, can you please try to stay awake? And so I, you know, they did all this battery of tests and lo and behold, they're like, there's nothing wrong with you. We just think you're exhausted. Like you, and I was like, well, that certainly makes sense because I run, you know, burn the candle at both ends. So yeah, I totally get that. Um, so I, I think I chased a rabbit instead of answering your question. That's okay. How long, how long did it take them to convince me? Sure. Um, when we got the money right, I was convinced. And then the only thing I came up with on that character was the name Alexander York. And I just, I came up with that because I thought it sounded like a good snotty heels name, so. Oh, absolutely. You know, and then it's unique to me as a, again, you know, someone who's married with kids and, and just the way, you know, decisions in life are made sometimes. And sometimes you put family in front of money and as you go. So, mm -hmm. you know, Al Alexandra York was a very good character. People liked it. You know, well, they hated it and that's what you wanted. You wanted to be a hill. So my question is right. this. 
eventually, you know, you marry, you, you meet Dustin Rhodes, you marry Dustin Rhodes, and you take you take yourself off of TV, and obviously you decide to have a family. How tough was that decision, or how easy was that decision to say, you know what, I don't need to have, I don't need to be a character on the show anymore. Let me just start a family with this man. Well, I quit the show one night because Dusty did something that pissed me off, and to this day I can't remember exactly what it was. But um, I had already. Um, I'm trying to think if I quit CNN before I quit wrestling. I think I might have quit wrestling before CNN. Anyway, um, I was just like, I don't have to do this. Like, and, um, you know, back then the relationship between he and Dusty was not that great. And, um, you know, I love pops and, and I miss pops. And, um, this is not about, you know, disparaging his name because he is beloved and I still can't believe he's gone. Um, you know, he's larger than life personality it just seemed like he should always be here forever and ever um are you still there yes ma'am oh, I, thought I lost you for a second i'm sorry anyway um so yeah one night he just said something that i was like you know i don't have to be talked to this way or treated this way and i walked out um and then you know, then after I left CNN, you know, we um, decided we were going to have a, a baby, and it was little Dakota Avery Runnels, who's now 26. Um, FYI, don't <laughs> blink. It will it, you, you will have a 30-year-old and a 24-year-old before you know it. So oh, no. it just literally cherish. When, when you want to, when they're driving you the most crazy events, mm-hmm. literally, I promise if you'll do this you'll be so happy Mm. look at them and instead of going i want to like just pop your head off right now (laughs) just say to yourself they're going to be 30 years old and i'm going to wish i savored every single moment good bad and indifferent i promise you if you will do that take your give, give 30 seconds and just say that to yourself they're going to be 30 savor this moment find humor in it you know laugh about it savor it and yeah you'll be happy you did because i i would a million times over love to go back and just relive everything and and because i only had one child you know and um I remember an old lady saying to me, um, sweetie, don't blink your eyes. Cause you know, and I remember thinking at the time, old lady, if she would sleep through the night, I'd be happy. Okay. <laughs> I'm not worried. So yeah, I would, I would still go back and, and relive everything in slow motion and just cherish it even more than I did initially. Well, I will be sure to do that. I can promise you. I am, you know, I, I love every second with my kids and, uh, yeah, I couldn't agree more. So um, I wanted to ask you this question then too, and um, you can get into it as much as you want. Sound good? Sure. Okay. So, in in his run in WCW, Dustin had a lot of great matches, a lot of great rivalries, a lot of great feuds, and it it really seems strange to me that you know after it had just got done with the feud with Arn Anderson and some of the bigger names in the company, out of nowhere in March of 1995, they put him in the back of a flatbed truck and he wrestles Barry Darso and what is to this day known as one of the worst gimmick matches of all time and very unsafe, unsafe for that matter. What did he tell you about that? Cause, and, and, and honestly, this led to him getting released from the company, no fault of his own for, you know, blading. And then why didn't anybody stick up for him? Like Dusty Rhodes, his father, like 
Why do you feel all this happened? I mean, was, was he almost like set up to get fired? Because to me, it's just ridiculous. It was crazy. Here's, here's the deal. So when you have a match, you have an agent assigned to you, sure. right? If you are at that arena and there, because at an arena, there's always a boss over an agent. There's, you know, several bosses over agents. Um, however, when you are out in the backwoods of Georgia and you're in a flatbed and the highest person on the totem pole is your agent, you do what that agent says. You don't get out there and they tell you to, to you know, get yourself. And you go, um, I'm going to have to put a phone call in um, <laughs> and just see if that's really what they want me to do. No. He did, you know, as he was told and as he was supposed to do. Um, you know, that's what an agent is for. And, you know, that doesn't mean that the wrestler doesn't have some say in what they they do in, in their match. Of course they do. But when it comes down to something like that, that you're told to do that, by the way, that was now, uh, that was a no, no in the business. We didn't do that anymore. So for him to be told to do that was kind of like, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, we all knew we weren't supposed to blade, but when you're out and your, your, um, agent tells you that's what you're doing, you think, oh, okay, well, I guess there's a, you know, an exception to this because we're doing this crazy, you know, match in the back of a pickup, you know, an 18-wheeler flatbed. So I guess, you know, they want us to go extreme or whatever. Anyway, um, so, yeah, I just remember being devastated, and Dustin was devastated because we have this brand-new baby because it was born Valentine's Day of um, 94, so, you know, we have this little tiny baby that we've brought into the world and all of a sudden now Dustin has no job. And I remember calling my mom and just like bawling my eyes out, and, you know, because at the time I wasn't working anywhere. Sure. You know, I was a stay at home mom. And um, so, God, I remember like money being so tight and, um, then, you know, Dustin got a call from Vince. Um, and just, this is a total side note, but sure. Vince and, and, and back in the day, certainly way back then, this would be 1995. Mm-hmm. Um, Vince and Linda were so much more involved on a, you know, in almost everything that, that happened, you know, they were just very involved. We were not so big at that point that they could not still be involved. So, um, like they sent this Tiffany, uh, double, um, silver, um, sterling silver baby rattle, you know, a teasing rattle. Uh-huh. And on the end of both circles, they had the WWF logo, um, engraved into it. And, it's like I've never seen one before. I've never seen one since. But that's before we ever went to work for them. So, you know, that was really a nice thing. And that was also before this whole thing happened, you know, with, with the, the with the gigging and blading. And um, so it's not like, hey, he's a free agent. Let's let's send the baby a, a rattle. And, you know, so I, I, I always thought high of Vince and Linda and WWF. I just thought they were a class act. Um, so yeah, it was, it was scary as hell. And, you know, thank God Vince called and said, I have this crazy idea for you to do. (laughs) Um, and you know, he, he did that. And then I came up with the, um, Marlena gimmick, you know, I've, I've told the story a bazillion times. Um, have you, have you heard this story of Marlena or no? 
No, I mean, I, I definitely have. I know some of our uh, listeners may not. You know, it, I always thought it was unique because Gold or Goldust. You know, Dustin starts with the company in August, and you know they they really push the homophobic button, and then all of a sudden in, in January, you know, three months later, and and obviously, you know, I'm not trying to be too forward here, but you know, so you have this guy in this costume, and then all of a sudden you have this unbelievably beautiful woman, and I mean, just drop dead gorgeous. You know, comes out with him to, to the Royal Rumble. It's obviously it's you I'm referring to, and it just takes everybody like back like what in the heck and then yeah like so you know when, when i researched it and then you know told the story of you smoking the cigar and liking the look i mean to me it seemed like it was all just meant to be i mean just amazing how that all worked out yeah i mean have you heard me tell the story of the barbie doll that was part of the visual impetus or no yes absolutely yeah yeah do you want me to tell it to your listeners or no um i mean if you want i was gonna kind of just ask you if do, it's your interview you ask me whatever you go ahead well actually so I, I have a question that I think is maybe a little bit more towards where I was going to go with that. Mm-hmm. So my question was, too, and you could expound, was, you know, was that the original plan, which you'll, you'll expound on that, but also how important was it to you as a mother to have the contract put in there that you didn't have to do the house shows, that you could be home with your daughter, because that was also almost unheard of at that time. Well, I mean, that was the only way I would do it. Um, that was my demand, um, before signing anything that had to be, you know, part of my contract that, um, and these were my exact words. I said, Vince, I'm a mom first, I'm a wife second, and I will bust my ass for you third, but I just want you to know where you are in the lineup. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's just no way I loved so Dakota flew with me for, for quite a long time until she was old enough to start going to school. And then I, I had Lou and nannies come in and, and, um, but you know, once she was not on the road with me and with the live in nannies, before I ever hired anyone, I would say to them, you're going to have like this, there's going to be this duality. You're going to be like a mom and a dad 24 seven, for three days and then you're going to have almost nothing to do with my child. I mean, you'll, of course, you know, it's not like you can't speak to my child, but it, the, the point was anything that has to do with Dakota, I will do. I want to do. That's my job as a mom. Mm-hmm. So I would let them know that the minute I flew home, they would become like personal assistant. They would go to the grocery store, go to the, um, make, make appointments for me, um, go to the post office, pick up the dry cleaning, whatever had to be done outside of the home or inside of the home. Um, I had the, you know, the nanny swap roles basically. And, um, that meant for four days, 24 seven, I was with my daughter. And if you are a nine to five mom or dad, you know that you may be in the house for seven days straight, but you've got work all day long, right? Mm -hmm. You get home late in the afternoons, most people anyway, most nine to fivers, you have to, you know, throw a load of laundry in, do a little house cleaning, get food on the table, you know, work on homework, get baths. Like, it's really not quality, quality time. It's kind of like this rush of finishing out the day and then reading books and tucking your kid in bed. And it's not a lot of quality time, right, until the weekend comes. And so I just always felt blessed that I got four days with my child and, you know, and it was uninterrupted. 
So I always thought that even though I had to leave her for like three days out of the week, I was the winner and she was the winner at the end of the, at the end of the day, basically. Oh, absolutely. And then, you know, it was around the same time, a little bit later in the WWE, WWF at the time, um, you know, you, you were there with Goldust and then they, they brought in Mark Merrow with his real life wife, Rena Merrow, letter, you know, later on Rena Lesnar or whatnot. So there's been stories that she wasn't the easiest to work with. You, you know, you seem like such a sweetheart, a genuinely nice person. You're there to be supportive and, and be a good on, on air personality. What was Sable like to work with? Why does everyone ask me this question? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so so this is the way I've always answered it. Um, and it's just as honest as I can be about it. Um, the reason I was never impressed with Rena was because she put her career in front of her daughter. And I just never, ever would do that. I remember her saying to me one time... Um, she, like, I didn't realize that she had been on the road for some god awful time. Like, way back in the day, they used to be on the road for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Then, back in the, you know, mid 90s, late 90s, um, they were still doing some 11 day tours, 15 day tours, 18 day tours, where you're not home for all those days, right? Yeah. And, and I found out that Rena had been with Mark on all of those, like, like that whole tour. Wow. And I was like, Rena, I said this to her. I'm like, Rena, how can you leave Mariah for that many days? Her words to me were, Mark needs me. And I immediately spat back and said, need you for what? What would he need you more than Mariah would need you for? She's like, well, you know, I'm, I'm hot plate and I like making some food and cooking some eggs in the, in the hotel rooms and stuff. And then I, you know, I make sure I got him in the gym and I, you know, I, nothing she said, like it, 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 Martin Arrow didn't need his ass wiped is what basically <laughs> what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, and it, it just, I remember thinking, what kind of a mother are you? Like, I, I just never had any respect for her after that. You know, um, so, you know, I just and and then, you know, the way in which she left Mark for Brock and I don't have a lot of respect for Brock. I don't think Brock respects wrestling fans. Um, You know, Brock did something that was in today's day and time. Um, You know, I mean, he showed his penis to me. And, you know, called my name as I was walking past where he was in a dressing room and opened his towel so I could see his, um, his manly bits. And, um, you know, I've often said when I actually tell that story, I've often said Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, and this is of course me being absolutely, um, a smart ass when I say it because I would have much rather him not been True. so disrespectful um, of a female that's been in the business as long as I have been. And at that point, he was a greenhorn. He knew he was going to have a lot of power that they were going to give him the strap. But at that point, I've been in this business for a long time. I have respect. And what he did was very, very wrong from a respect standpoint, from a sexual harassment standpoint, whatever you want to look at it, it was wrong. Um, but my joke to, to kind of bring levity to it so I don't get so darn upset about it is that I'm like, if you're going to show me your junk, at least let it be impressive. Um, (laughs) 
And so, like, like I don't know if if you know what a pink feeder mouse is that they sell in animal shops for to like feed snakes. Yeah, definitely. They're like the mice before they get their little hair on them. Yeah. Well, that's basically what that vision was akin to. Oh, jeez. Yeah, a pink feeder mouse. And so I'm thinking, like, wow, why? D- I mean, not that it would have been any less disrespectful or, you know, less sexual harassing had he been hung like a horse. But, I mean, come on. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's my only levity where that's concerned. But I just... Yeah, those two, I think they're made for each other. I'll put it that way. No, I understand. I definitely yeah. do. And, you know, it always amazed me, too, that two of the most beautiful men and beautiful women in wrestling, you and her, were attached to these guys who came out very flamboyant at the time with Goldust and Mark Merrow. Like, as a kid, I can never figure that out. Like, why are these two beautiful women with these two guys who might be, you know, kind of gay, to be honest with you? So, like, it just, you know, at the time. But switching switching on that, though, so it always amazed me. Sure. Let me say something since you just mentioned that. So, like, it was not the company's idea to have Marlena come in and neutralize the the gayness of what they wanted Dustin to put out mm-hmm. um, as gold dust. But when I came up with the with the complete idea of this androgynous female to go with this androgynous male, um, they liked that you know how that neutralized everything. That's not your mom, you little baby. That's not your mom. My heart's not here. It's okay. <laughs> I'm babysitting Dakota's little Pippin, little Pippin Pippin, oh, and he, my mom has a um, a, like a notification when anyone drives on the property, mm-hmm. and, and sh- he just heard it, and he's thinking that's his mama. You're sitting, you're sitting that's too. That's too cute. So let me. I'm gonna go ahead. No, I'm just, no. Well, I was gonna ask you this then because this is good because this kind of transitions to the next question perfectly. So. You know, this was really unique, right? Because Gold Goldust was this hated hill, all right? Um, you know, like you said, they, they brought you to kind of neutralize things. And then after about a year of him being, like, one of the most hated men in wrestling, all of a sudden they, they decide to turn him face, pull, you know, pull the curtain back, say, hey, they're actually really married. Look at their adorable little daughter. Whose idea was it to, to, to pull back that curtain and let the fans cheer for you guys? I don't know if you recall the angle that we were in at that point. Do you remember? With uh, Jerry Lawler, I believe, like, questioned his, no. right? No, with, and then Triple no. H. With Pillman. Oh, okay. Well, that was, yeah, later on. Go right ahead, though. But but we did not come out as a couple-couple until we were doing um, that whole... No, you're right. No, we did do an interview where we... Where we can, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm thinking of the interview we did where Dustin t- takes his wedding ring and throws it, and um, that's when we had to, to flip places with you know Brian Pillman leaving us on this earth. God right. rest is, rest in peace. Um, I'm so sad about that. Let, let, remind me at some point. Let's talk about Brian Pillman Jr. Absolutely. Um, but um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So in order to you know, to, to turn us uh, face, you you had to kind of, you know, have that kind of interview and realize, okay, this this is just a character, right? Um, Dustin, although the, the things he said in that interview, um, where we were in, I think the makeup room, we were mm-hmm. sitting there in the makeup room. Um, yep. 
was very, very serious and honest stuff he was saying. Like that, that, that was a whole lot of shoot that he was doing right there. So, um, and, and a lot of what he said was true, you know, um, it, it, I, I think everybody kind of naysayed Dustin when it came to gold dust and, you know, he, I give him so much, um, credence and kudos that he just kept his, you know, head down and just worked on, please don't make any double entendre jokes about that. You know, he just, he worked on the character and didn't let anyone having an issue with it bother him. And he made it into one of the most iconic characters, not only back in the attitude era, but carrying forward into other eras. And, you know, tall, six foot five, tobacco chewing Texan, and he's pulling this character off. Like, who would not find that amazing? I, I give him massive kudos. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and we could talk about it now, too. So you guys, you know, were out as that couple for a little bit there, you know, four or five months when they bring in, you know, the, the storyline of, of Brian Pillman. So Dustin Rhodes loses a match at the September pay-per-view that year, and then you had to be with, you know, Brian Pillman for 30 days. You know, it was already out there. A lot of people knew about the past relationship that you guys had. So as as you're doing these vignettes, you know, where you're in, you know, sexy lingerie or you're in bed with them and everything, it, was it ever uncomfortable? And did you have to tell, you know, the, the babysitters, like you said, you had those living nannies for Dakota. Did you have to make sure that, you know, for no reason she was watching at home? Um, well, she was in bed by that point at home. But okay. you have to remember this. My child literally from a year and a half old, grew up in the business and um, she knew like by the time she was pretty much four years old, like what a gimmick was and the difference between a gimmick and a storyline and real life and whatever. Um, so, you know, she'd been around it. I, it was not something, yeah, if there was going to be something crazy, uh, yeah, absolutely. They knew to make sure she didn't see anything, but, most of the time on a school night like that, she would have already been in bed. And, um, but yes, we would give, we would give, um, the nanny and or family members a heads up. Although it's interesting when we did the interview after and, and, um, we put Luna with Dustin instead of me going with Brian, Mm -hmm. um, I had family members calling me saying, Oh my God, are y'all all right? (laughs) Is everything okay? Which, I took it as a great compliment because yeah. I thought, okay, we acted well. That means we acted well. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's it's crazy to me too because, um, you know, not a lot of people know this. People who have listened to your interviews in the past know this story, but the you know the real thing from what I understand, okay, was that the, the day that Brian passed away, had that not happened, you know, you and you and Dustin were supposed to renew your vows. And you were going to say no, and then you were going to turn heel. The original plan was for you to turn heel with, with Brian Pillman, and you guys were going to run down that angle. So obviously, obviously, when oh, go ahead. Well, Brian was going to, you know, when it came time in the vow renewal ceremony of, if there's anyone here that sees any reason for these two not to be joined together, let them speak now forever, hold their peace. 
that's when Brian was going to come down the ramp. And of course he and Dustin would get into it. And I was going to end up like Dustin was going to be beating the dog crap out of Brian. And I was going to throw my wedding dressed body across Brian's and say, no, don't hurt him. You know? And then I was going to say, and in, in this, in the 30 days that I was with him, I, I grew to love him and I'm in love with him and I want to be with him. And Oh yeah. Dustin would have been a face like, like nobody's face at that point, right? Sure. Some woman treat him that way. Um, but yeah, yeah, I, I'm so, I'm more sad that Brian is not here. Um, but in terms of just the business, um, that was one of those storylines that would have been so cool had it played out, you know? Oh yeah, no doubt about it, you know. And and, and sadly, Brian Pillman passed away. There's a story that I heard you tell, you know, the night before his passing, he couldn't get a ride, you know, he was looking for a ride and just was was in a bad way, you know, for for you to get that news, you know, how hard was it, you know, not just because you used to date him, I get all that and that's fine, but how hard was it, you know, as, as a fellow human being, you, you struck me as a person with a giant heart, you know, a very genuine human being, um, how hard was it to get that news? I mean, that had to shake everybody. Well, I mean, absolutely, and I guess, you know, when anyone passes in a way like that, you always wonder you know could I have done something and I really felt like in that moment like we could have done something um of course we had no idea but I promise you if Dustin like you know Dustin said no and I really was not going to go against my husband and say well come on let my ex-boyfriend ride with us gosh darn it um you know I totally respected what Dustin said and, and whatever but I really believe had Dustin known that, Hey, he's not going to be with us tomorrow. And, and, you know, just being nice to him tonight may keep him from going to, you know, the edge so often. And this is something that I try to explain to people at a certain point when, whether it's boys and girls in the industry or people walking down the street, um, there, there comes a time where if they're taking um, alcohol or if they're drinking alcohol for a ha and to party and whatever, um, okay, well and good, you know, whatever, don't do it too much, you know, don't be crazy. But when you're doing that stuff alone in a hotel room, all you're doing is just trying to numb the pain, whether the pain is physical um, whether the pain is emotional, mental, um, I always say that everyone has a hole in their soul and some people's holes are larger and darker. Some people's are not that large and dark, but some people don't learn how to, uh, I guess, fill in that hole as they grow, as they get older. Um, some people don't have all in their soul until they're in their thirties and something happens and this, you know, huge crevasse develops in their guts. And but the point I'm making is he would not have gone to his room by himself and over medicated, over drank, over whatever, had he been okay. He was not okay. Um, and you never know when, you know, when one word that you say to somebody is the difference between life and death. I mean, a smile literally could change someone's life 
whether they stay on earth or whether they decide to say goodbye to this earth. So that not only did it bother me, it bothers me to this day. You know, I can't go back and change what we did or what we didn't do, but yet it bothers me. And the way I feel like I can best make it better is loving little Brian um, and supporting him. I, I really believe he's going to be so successful in this industry. Um, but yeah, I'm proud of him. And, um, you know, it's nice when he and I talk about his dad, you know, when we have conversations about that and he's asked me some pretty tough questions, to be honest. Sure. And, you know, I've, I've told him, I'm like, I will tell you the honest truth as long as that's what you want to hear from me. So, um, you know, yeah, I just, I think I chased rabbits again, but, Get me back on the, on the No, you're, you're, you're totally okay, you know, and, and to me, so for a while now, so everything got blown up, you know, the, the original plan gets blown up, and then yeah. it, to me, it, it, you know, it seems like they were scrapping, they were trying to figure out, okay, what the hell are we going to do for a little bit, so they take you completely off of TV, and then they put you back into this gimmick, you know, where you're going to be with Vel Venus, and then you end up, you know, a storyline, you end up pregnant, and then something that I strongly disagree with, and, and you know, me as a wrestling fan, I um, I understand it's it's gimmick. I understand it's storyline. I get you know, I get all that. But to me, miscarriage is a very serious thing. You know, there, there's a there's a lot of women out there who try to get pregnant and can't, or they get pregnant and they, they lose the baby right away, and it's heartbreaking. It's unbelievably heartbreaking. I was a, and this is not your fault, trust me, but I was a hundred percent against, and I was horrified by the gimmick and the storyline of you being pregnant with Velvinus and then having the miscarriage, how did you, as a mother of a real child, you know, having Dakota, how did you feel about that? Because from what I've read, you were against it. Oh, my God. Okay, so that, to this day, is one of the storylines that I fought and fought Vince Russo over, and I lost. Obviously, I lost because it happened, right? Um, it, it was so tone-deaf to women. Um and for me personally, even though I told you like Dakota gets the difference between gimmick and, and, you know, real life storylines and sure. stuff like that. I'm like, that's just one of those things that if her, you know, she's in school now. And if one of her, um, little friend says, Oh my gosh, your mommy's pregnant. And Oh my gosh, your mommy lost her baby. And like, that's not a conversation. I want to sit down and like, try to explain, you know, why it was even part of what I did in that character. Um, that pissed me off. It upset me. And, yeah, I, I I fought it and I lost, obviously. You know, and, again, it was right around this, the same time that something else happened, where, you know, as a wrestling fan, that kind of broke my heart. And, obviously, no, no pun intended, but Owen Hart. So, yeah. you know, 18 months earlier, his brother, you know, gets screwed, the old Montreal screw job, and, and uh, kind of rocks everybody to their core fans and performers alike. And then here we go, you know, this man falls to his tragic death in front of a live crowd. Again, I got to ask you, I mean, do you feel that, the, that that show should have been stopped? And even if it shouldn't have been stopped, how hard was that to cope with? Because I cannot even begin to imagine. It was god awful. I mean, when, when they, when Owen passed by a lot of us standing there, he was on the gurdy on his way to the, um, into the ambulance, you know, I mean, there was way too much time for us to stand there and, and look at him as he was 
passing by. It was god awful. He was blue. It was just horrible. And yeah, I mean, you have a death of, uh, of a wrestler like that, and you, I mean, I, I, hundred percent believe we should not have gone on with that show. It's, I mean, as a fan, we didn't care anymore. We wanted the show to be stopped. I remember being, you know, with other fans. Now as a journalist, I can't even imagine being there covering a show like that. I probably would have walked out because it goes past entertainment at that point. You know, and then, so for you, it, it was a little while again, you know, that the Premium Sisters kind of had, you know, had its passing. And then eventually... That name, by the way, hated the name. I, that's another thing I really fought for and lost. I hated the name PMS. It seems like lazy booking. Yeah, right? Lazy, lazy something. And it just, <laughs> it just the generational gap now between now and then. And I have a few questions, a few questions left. And I, I thank you again. And it, you know, these kind of these questions are all kind of geared in that thinking. You know, here we are now with, with the Me Too movement, okay? And me being a daddy of two little girls who I absolutely adore. We cover a lot of women's sports here. That's all very important, but. It got to the point there in the late 90s or early 2000s where all they were going to do was treat you like a sexual object. And obviously, you can't say no because this is your job, right? So, you know, you get a match. Number one, you get a match at WrestleMania, which is a, you know, a big payday, allegedly, for wrestlers. And, you know, so it's you and the cat who, you know, this was two guys could have been in that match or, or whatnot. But they, they put you in this match and they don't even really let you wrestle. I mean, they pretty much strip you half naked and they say, okay... The, you know, the first woman to put her butt in the other woman's face wins. I mean, what goes through your mind when you, when you you get pitched this idea? Is it kind of like, well, just another day at the office? So it's, it's the kind of thing where you are, like, how many people get to be on the card at WrestleMania, right? Right. Um, it's a very prestigious thing to be on. And for that, I was very happy. Um, however, I always hated that gimmicky stuff. I... Not that I didn't have respect for the other women, but I hated wrestling them. I hated doing crap with the cat. I thought it was always so cheesy and low rent, I guess. Um, So, but again, it's like, you know, I would just try to tell myself, Terry, you are being this character, you you know, either the she-devil or you're this or that. Sink yourself into it. Be as convincing as possible. Be a healer, face, whatever you're supposed to do. And, um... And know that when you go home, that you have not, you know, intentionally hurt or d- done anything to anyone um, that that was egregious and terrible. Um, but yeah, I hated that. Like I loved, loved, loved. If you've ever heard an interview with me, you know I love taking bumps, right? Sure. Um, but hated wrestling, and even more than wrestling, hated all those silly matches that I got put into. Well, you look at it now, and the women, to me, are, are some of the best athletes on the card. The most amazing matches, Charlotte Flair, Sasha Banks, all of them. It's, it's just, it's incredible. And having that be the main event last year with Becky Lynch and, and Charlotte and, you know, even Ronda Rousey, that was, that that to me was just amazing. And then I look back at it, I'm like, that's crazy to think, you know, how far we've come in a good way, you know, in the last 17, 18 years. You know, there, there was a storyline where um, the cat, Stacey Carter, you know, had that whatever it was, like, everybody's in a pool and a nightgown, and then, you know, she takes off her bra, and she's completely nude, and you could see her boobs on live TV, like, yeah. is that something you would have did if they asked you to, or no. would you put your foot down? No, and the only time that ever happened that I, it even looked like I did that was in Shotgun Saturday Night with um, 
Rikishi was called the Sultan back then. Sure. And, and I had all pasties covering me. So, yeah, I would have never done that. Um, are you there? Yeah, yes, ma'am. I, I don't know why I thought I lost you again. Um, and so, um, yeah, no, she, she, that was something she liked doing. She did it again over at Insurrection with me. I don't know if you remember that pay-per-view mm-hmm. in England. Yes. That was the pay-per-view where um, Brock exposed himself. Oh, that was it then. Yeah, that was Insurrection. Yeah. So anyway, um, yeah, that was not something I ever understood. But hey, to each their own. Do you did you get to pick out your own outfits at least? I mean, did you have some say in it, or was it basically like, okay, this is what you're going to wear, and that's all there is to it? So let me say this to you: when they tell you you're going to be in a paddle on the pole thong match, <laughs> you pretty much know you're wearing a thong. Yeah. Which thong you wear is up to you. But yeah, you're pretty much told, yeah, you know, the the miss the thong a thong thing at Divas Undressed. Yep. Yeah, you're wearing a thong. So yeah. Just yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's it, it's sold though, you know. And and the one thing too, as as we kind of move towards the, the end of this uh, interview, I, I thank you again for taking some moments here with me on this Sunday night. Um, the biggest thing as a wrestling fan growing up. We always wondered what would happen if WCW fought WWF, and not just the Monday Night Wars, but if, if they really had a cross-promotional thing. So in March of 2001, right before WrestleMania 17, here we go. You know, you're working with Perry Saturn at the time, eventually, but they do this alliance angle, and it's enormous. But it never had that payoff, like all the wrestling fans wanted. WWF versus WCW. It got so watered down. They ended up moving, you know, Stone Cold to WCW and Kurt Angle to the WCW side. It didn't have that major, major payoff like everybody thought. Why do you think that was? Um, I, I wish I had a good answer for you. I don't, and it, for me, for me to give you an answer that is not an educated one would be like me being um, a pundit like the rest. I don't know. I just, I, I don't honestly know what that didn't. I will tell you this. I was very sad the day that um, WCW became absorbed by WWF because, you know, I'm sorry, that took every ounce of bargaining power um, away from every one of the boys. And and when I say the boys, that means the girls too. Um, And it it made it to where, you know, competition makes everything really fun, right? And all that competition went by the wayside. And that's another reason why, and it's not just because, you know, Cody and Dustin are, you know, with, with um, AEW, but it, that's another reason I'm thrilled that they're doing well, because the boys need that, you know, they really do, and the fans, I think, need that as well, so, yeah. Now, last question for you, and thank you for coming on the show tonight, much appreciated. My pleasure, my pleasure. Um, and, you know, I could ask you a million brawl and panty questions, but to me, like, that doesn't matter. Like, I'd much rather talk to you about wrestling. So, right. you know... I answer about wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm sure, right? So, you, you touched on it there real briefly, and that's, that's where I want to end the interview, is AEW. You know, number one, do you think AEW, with, with the structure that it has, could be a serious competitor to the WWE one day, if not already? And then number two... Would you ever consider working for them, you know, if everything was okay with you and Dustin and Cody and everything was fine, you know, would you 
I mean, would you like to come back into to, to the industry? Um, first of all, let me answer the, the first question you asked. Um, I think that I think you're already a, a, a major deal to WWE because WWE's fans and their ratings are sliding big time. And if you'll notice, they are paying attention to what AEW is doing. Um, and it is making them nervous. I think that is wonderful. That doesn't mean I don't love my WWE family. That just means it's great for everybody. Um, the bigger and badder and better that AEW can get, that will make a WWE become that much better as well. Um, because everyone wants to rise to the occasion and be the best, right? So I just think that it is... Sure. I think it's amazing that um, here's the way I see AEW. I see it as you're getting some old school, you're getting some new school, and you're getting some future school that, you know, might not have even been done before that we're all, like, being privy to. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I couldn't be more thrilled. As far as working with them, I don't know. I certainly would never, ever, ever in a million years ever wrestle any human being ever again as long as I live. <laughs> um, <laughs> I didn't like it then. I wouldn't like it now. Um, the only way I would come back would be in a, um, like, maybe either in a backstage interview or, or in a, like, a, a show that... I don't know if you remember me and uh, the coach and I doing um, Excess. Absolutely. Absolutely. You were incredible. Thank you. I had fun doing that show. I had a blast doing that show. Doing something like that for AEW, I would consider consider managing again. Um, But, yeah, that's – right now I'm really – putting um a lot of my focus on my live stream that i do three nights a week sunday monday and wednesday um i usually start at between 7 and seven thirty. however i'm gonna start a little bit late tonight because i did not get ready in time before you and i started our little party Uh-oh. and so i'm gonna start tonight at seven 45, but normally it's like between 7 and 7.30. I always go on and post on Twitter saying, you know, what time I'll be live, whether it's 7 or 7.30. Um, but yeah, I would love it. You know, it costs nothing to, to go and be a part of Twitch. And all Twitch is, is just a streaming platform for those who are like, what is Twitch TV? Uh, it's a streaming platform. And, you know, so, there's never one night that's the same. Some nights we watch bare knuckle fighting on uh, together, <laughs> um, we watched one night we were watching horse training one night. I mean, it's like, it runs the gamut. Some nights we don't watch anything together. We just talk and they ask me a million questions and we laugh. And, um, it, like tonight I've got so much stuff to tell them. Um, and so, yeah, it, in order to find me there, um, you didn't ask, but do you mind if I'm, please I'm, plug away. I want you to plug everything you can go right ahead. <laughs> Hey, I'm I'm already making you late. You might, I might as well put some money in your pocket. Go right ahead. It's all good. It's all good. Um, no, I I just I love the the platform. I love what I'm doing, so I want people to be a part of it. Um, so it is www.twitch.tv forward slash the Terry Runnels. In fact, all of my social media is the Terry Runnels. Um, 
So, yeah, and all you have to do is, like, if you're shy and you don't want to ask a question but you just want to watch, um, you can do that. All you have to do is basically go on and, um, I think, what, give a username and create a password and that's it. Um, and then, you know, go to my channel and hang out with me for um, most nights. It's like an hour and a half to two hours. One day I did a 12-hour marathon. Um, yeah, you just never know what's going to happen. So, um I would love, love, love for any and everyone that's listening to your show to join in. And if they do join in and ask a question, I would love, love, love for your sake for them to say, hey, I heard it on Vince's show. Yeah, Keon Sports. Yeah. Hey, it's been great catching up with you tonight. I appreciate it. Let me tell you two things. Number one, if you do hook up with AEW for that Access show and you, and you need a co-host, I am very available, and I think me and you. I think me and you do an amazing job. Remember, you know Vince McKee, Vince McMahon. It, it must mean right, something. Exactly. And number exactly. number two, the day that you get inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I'm positive that's going to happen, I will buy a front row ticket. How's that sound? You'll buy a what? I will buy a front row ticket to watch you get inducted oh, into the Hall of Fame. Bones, bless your bones. Um, that's very sweet. I don't know <laughs> if that will ever happen, but um, I really appreciate you saying that. And um, yeah, that's so sweet of you. Yeah, you're right. Um, you will be the second Vinnie Mac in my life. So <laughs> um, yeah. That, that that's awesome. I I won't even force you to wear a thong. You're good to go there. But no. Um, a, a hug from an old lady named um, Terry Marlena, whatever else you want to call me, She Devil. No, don't don't even say that because then they'll go. But why was she called She Devil, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell them. I'll tell them that story in a couple of years. But I want you to have a, a, a safe night, a wonderful time. You know, moving forward, and uh, you know, honestly, not, from from Keon Sports, we wish you nothing but the best. Is there any last message you want to tell all your fans listening at home? Um, no, I just really thank them for um, being there and, and for all the fun that I've shared with them over the years. Hey, and, 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 and hope to keep sharing with them. Plug your cameo, too, guys. Listen to her cameo. Go ahead. That's right. Okay. So I've got um, cameo that I do videos. They're like usually between a minute and two minutes. And like, I love it when wives surprise their husbands or vice versa i love it when it's like oh my dad you know his birthday's coming up can you do a video for him and so basically when you go on these platforms one is called celebvm.com one is called cameo.com um you you get to kind of tell me exactly what you want me to say um in in the video and then i try to create whatever it is that you want me to do for this person some people order them for themselves some people order them for coworkers, friends, family. Um, but yeah, they're so much fun, and um, yeah, I love doing them. I charge a little extra if, if, for the people that ask me to smoke a cigar and be uh, <laughs> a little Marlena esque, um, because I either have to take a cigar out of my humidor or you know go get one. I always charge extra for that and extra to go and put on the Marlena gimmick and everything else. But um, it's not that much more, and. Um, if you're really wanting Marlena, I guess it's worth it. So. What's your favorite kind of cigar? Um, right now, I'm loving the, well, I always love the Padron um, and Rosario. Um, I, I love, well, Rocky Patel's a dear friend of mine, but I love um, 
Edge, uh, Maduro wrapper, Battalion, which is a 60 ring gauge. I love a big ring gauge. Um, and the, the Rocky Patel Royale, I love that cigar as well. So those are what I'm smoking right now. Well, you enjoy those those dogs, that four-pound chihuahua and that 100-pound dog. And you have an awesome night, okay? From everybody, from everybody at Key and Sports, me, my wife, and my two daughters, thank you very much. God bless. Thank you. God bless as well. Bye, Bye now. So that was Terry Runnels. Very, very awesome to speak with her. Um, and really, you know, she said a lot of good stuff there, clearly about Brian Pillman and Dustin and the different things that went on. Um, with WCW towards the tail end, and then her run in WWF, um, as it was called. And, you know, she made a good point here, guys. We cover a lot of women's athletics, a ton. Uh, it's a big thing that we do. And, you know, just the the fact now that not nearly as much do they treat women like objects. Now they actually let them wrestle, and, and they're great. There's some of the best matches on the card, to be honest with you. So just how far it's come. But I would also say, though, look, listen, to me, <clears throat> some of the best years in WWF history and people will disagree, and that's fine. But, to me at least, some of the best years were 95 through 99. And that's right where she made it big, into early 2000. But those years with Goldust as a top hill, and Triple H getting his start, and Razor Ramon and Scott Hall, um, you know, finding their really finding their legs as Diesel. And, uh, well, Razor Ramon and Scott Hall is the same person, sorry. <laughs> you know, Kevin Nash is Diesel. Uh, Scott Hall is Razor Ramon. Obviously, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, The Undertaker. Such a great era of wrestling. Uh, I miss it dearly. It's not even close to that. Hopefully, AEW could bring that back. And AEW, I got to say, does that with their women. They have unbelievable sex appeal, but also they let them wrestle, and they wrestle well. Now, WWE, the performers are way better. I mean, it's not even close when it comes to the female wrestling. Uh, NXT and, and WWE's women's divisions are out of this world good. AEW has a lot, a long way to catch up in that aspect. I think AEW is everybody's good right now is WWE. I enjoy their product better, but that is actually the only division they need a lot of work on. Uh, their tag team division is way better than WWE. Some of the singles are better. And, you know, we'll see how that goes there. But all that aside, I'm as, as uh, Marlena would say, I'm chasing a rabbit here. So I will get back on track. That will do it for Keon Sports. If you want to email our show with any suggestions of who we should have on next, let me know. Hopefully this week we've uh, been reaching out to John Fitch at the MMA World and the UFC and Al Bellator, as well as Pat Tanaka, another WWF legend for you, Chris Labine from the UFC. Um, some big names coming up this week, so stay with us. Hector Guerrero as well. For Keon Sports, we want to thank Terry Runnels and Marlena. This has been Vince McKee. Have a great night.